Well, doesn't it feel good to give a few hugs and say a few hellos? Amen. Amen. No, a lot of churches don't even do that anymore. But I feel like you have to be reminded often that you're a part of not just a church, but you're a part of a church family. And that's the difference. So remain standing with me as we go to the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 40. And we're going to go just five verses this morning. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 40. And the Word of God says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest. Let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out, notice, in secluded places. But people everywhere kept coming. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask this morning that you would help us to understand this word today. That we would leave here this morning, Lord, knowing how it is we make godly decisions and not emotional ones. Help us to learn this, apply it to our lives, and use me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can have a seat as we get to this Word of God this morning. You guys excited for the Word this morning? <clears throat> well, as we get into this Word, how many emotional people do I have in this room right now? Can you show me your hands? Just be honest. I'm a little emotional. How many are married to an emotional person? All right. And let me ask you this last question. All right. Have you ever made an emotional decision that you regretted? Come on, show me your hands. Emotional. Okay, we got to learn this this morning. As we learn how to bow our emotions, and how to handle them. I started praying about what it is we needed to learn through this series, and I really thought about this, but when you go to church, a lot of times in church we focus on the spiritual aspect and how to live a spiritual life with God, but we really rarely really touch on the subject of emotions in church. But in order to have a strong spiritual life with the Lord, I really believe you have to also have a strong emotional life as well. And if you don't get your emotions right, it can really hinder what God is trying to bring about in your life. Now, what is an emotional decision? An emotional decision is a choice you make based on how you feel. That is it. And right now in this room, maybe you have a lot of choices you have to make. Or maybe you're in the place right now where you don't know what choice to make. But see, it can be so frightening when we have to make a choice about our lives. It can be so frightening when you have to make a decision. But I want to tell you right now, one of the worst things you could ever do is make a choice based only on how you feel. See, when you make an emotional decision based on how you feel, you are completely disregarding rational thinking. When you make an emotional decision, you're throwing logic out completely. And most emotional decisions are not only wrong, but most emotional decisions are dangerous. They're very dangerous to your life. And if you're not careful in how to choose 
and how to make wise decisions, you could really endanger the life that God has given you. And today, so many people are really not led by God anymore. They're not really led by the Word of God anymore. But they're led by just how they feel. And listen, if you're claiming right now that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to learn that as a Christian, we think differently than someone that doesn't even know Jesus. We're held to a different standard to the world. And if you're claiming right now that you're following Jesus Christ, being a Christian means you have to do what is right even when it feels wrong. And you have to do according to what the Word of God says. See, as a Christian, you say, it doesn't matter what I see, it doesn't matter what I feel, I'm going to do based on what God tells me to do in His Word. Because let's be honest, sometimes what feels right is completely wrong. Does it ever feel right to punch someone in the face? Yes. Amen? It feels completely right. Does it ever feel right to say something right out of your heart? Yes. But see, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes what feels right to you could be completely wrong and against the Word of God. But if we flip it over, sometimes what feels wrong to you could actually be right in the eyes of God. You see, that person that it feels so right to just punch in the face can also feel so wrong to love and forgive and be kind to. And if we're honest enough, sometimes we read things in the Bible that aren't going to feel good for you. Especially in the little chapters in the back of the Bible that talks about honoring one another if you're married and it talks about loving one another and forgiving one another and living at peace and being kind and and not being selfish. Can we be honest this morning? Those are verses that aren't always up to how you feel. But see, being a Christian means that I don't do what only feels right to me. I thrive to do what is right in the eyes of God always. But see, when you're living under emotions and only making emotional decisions, you're headed down a dangerous path. See, emotional decisions are dangerous because first of all, emotions are temporary. You can go to bed angry and enraged and wake up Fine. Has it ever happened to you? You could be so angry one minute and loving the next. You see, your emotions are so temporary. You can be so sad and discouraged and depressed, and then just a few hours later or days, you're upbeat and happy and all motivational again. Your emotions are temporary, and that's what makes it so dangerous because emotions are temporary, and that means that you're tempted to make a permanent decision out of a temporary emotion. And oftentimes when you make a permanent decision out of a temporary emotion, guess what? You're making the wrong choice. And oftentimes when you're making a permanent decision out of an emotion, you might quit when you don't have to. You might end up getting divorced when you can have a strong marriage. You actually might do something violent just because you are emotional. You ever watch the news and see how someone just kills someone out of something so idiotic? If you live in Miami, you know what I'm talking about. Someone just cut you off in traffic and they shot him dead. Why does that happen? Because that person made a permanent decision out of a temporary emotion. And if you're not careful, you're making some permanent decisions out of a temporary emotion that's really wreaking havoc on your life. And why is it that emotional decisions are so dangerous? Not only is it because emotions are temporary, 
But notice what Jeremiah 17.9 says. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the human heart, and that word heart in the Hebrew literally means your inner self, your emotions. So God is literally saying here through Jeremiah, your human emotions, your heart, is the most deceitful of all things. Now, why was the Bible saying this? Because God is letting you know that all of us are sinners. Would you say amen to that? See, all of us are sinners, and in our hearts is wickedness. Notice what the Bible says. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It is what? Desperately wicked. No, not me. Yes, you. Just look to your neighbor right now and just go, wicked. They're wicked. All of us right now. And if you're hard, having a hard time accept this, take it up with God. It's right there in the Bible. Our hearts are wicked. We're sinful people. Therefore, the Bible says because we're sinful people, we're going to have sinful emotions. And God says because you have sinful emotions, you cannot Trust it. God is saying the human heart is the most deceitful. In other words, you cannot trust your emotions. You cannot trust how you feel. I don't care how right it feels. I don't care how good it feels. The Bible is clear. When it comes to how you feel, it may not even be accurate. It may be lying to yourself. And, well, pastor, I just know with my heart. That's a dangerous phrase. Because God is clear. Sometimes what you feel is not the truth. Throughout the Bible, there are many people who were emotionally challenged and were emotionally led. And emotionally led themselves to danger. Let me give you a few examples. In the Bible, there's a man named Elijah who was a man of God, a preacher. Because even preachers are emotional. And he was sad. And we talked about the emotion of sadness, but you see, Elijah was sad because he thought when he preached that everyone was going to turn to God, but no one did. And as a result, everyone was killing the men of God. They were killing the prophets, the preachers. And Elijah got depressed. Elijah got sad. He ran away. He wanted to quit the ministry. He even told God, Lord, can you just kill me? He was not suicidal, but he had no purpose for living anymore. And sometimes our emotions can drive us that far. Well, what's the point of life? What's the point of living? And maybe I should take my life. Why am I even here? Because that's how desperate he was. That's how sad he got. Because he thought he was the only one left. And an angel of the Lord was sent to him to remind him. And God had to tell him, Elijah, you're not the only one left. I have many more like you. You see, what Elijah thought and what he felt was completely wrong. Because the heart is deceitful. And he realized, I'm not the only one. In the Bible, there's a man named Lot who left Sodom and Gomorrah and he had two daughters. And these two daughters were engaged to be married and they were excited for their new futures and their husbands, but the whole city was burned to a crisp. It was destroyed along with their husbands or their, their fiancés. And as they left the city, these two daughters were talking to each other and they said, listen, notice what the Bible says it clearly. I'm just going to paraphrase. They talked to each other and they said, sister, there is no more men left in the world. You ever felt like that? Ladies, single ladies, there's no one left in the world. There's no men left anymore. And let me tell you, that was so far from the truth. But see, they had this emotion of fear that they were never going to end up with anyone. They would never get married again. They were going to stay single forever, 
childless forever because they thought there was no one left anymore. And that fear got them to get their father drunk and they laid with him. That's an emotional decision that went completely against the Word of God. But see, the emotion of fear led them to make this emotional decision. And they paid a heavy price for it. And maybe you're living with fear right now of your future. You're living with fear of tomorrow and what's going to happen. And the more fearful thoughts you allow into your mind, the more the heart is going to deceive and trick you. And you're headed down a dangerous path when you allow your emotions to tell you, that's it, it's never going to happen, this is the end. Be careful when you talk that way to yourself. Even Jesus told the story of a prodigal son. And he made some bad mistakes and he left the father's house. And in his shame, when he was down to nothing and empty and hopeless, he said, I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm just going to ask him to make me a servant. You see, in his shame, another emotion, in his shame, he thought he could never go back to his father. He could never ask for forgiveness. He could never be restored. And when his father saw him, he embraced him and gave him everything back. Which tells me that some of you, maybe you're dealing with shame and the emotion of shame and you're thinking about your past and I should have known better and I can't believe I did this and I can't believe I sinned this way and God can never love me and God can never forgive me and God hates me and God is disgusted with me and God can never just take me back and restore me. But when he saw that his father embraced him, he knew that what he felt about his father was so far from the truth because your heart is deceitful and maybe you're here and you're thinking that you're so far from God you can never get back to how you were that is a lie that God did not tell you but you told yourself through your emotions Even the nation of Israel, they went and started worshiping a golden calf. And you're thinking, how did they do that? How did they mess up so much? Because they felt God abandoned them. They felt that God had forgotten them. You see, sometimes our emotions can lie to us so much that it leads us to make some idiotic decisions. You have to be careful when you make emotional decisions. You have to be careful when you are dictated by how you feel. In fact, Proverbs 28, 26, it's all about wisdom and foolishness. Because in life, you either have wise decisions or foolish ones. And wisdom is your ability to see and understand and choose the way God does. And foolishness is your ability to do the opposite. And if you want to see your life blessed, believe me, you need to get the wisdom of God and choose the way He does. But notice what Proverbs 28, 26 says. Those who trust in their insight, and that word insight in the Hebrew literally means your emotion. Those who trust on their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Safe from what? Safe from danger. It's a dangerous road to walk when that road is your emotions. When you go by what you feel, it can lie to you in such a way you end up doing what you should not. Some of the worst advice you'll ever hear in this world is if it feels right, do it. Has anything good come out of that motto? How many things have you done regrettably that at the moment felt right? If it feels right, do it. Worst advice ever. And if you have a friend telling you that, that's not a friend at all, you better leave them. 
Dumbest question ever. How can something so wrong feel so right? How can something so wrong really feel this right? Here's the worst excuse. I can't help how I feel. And let me tell you, this excuse has been used many times in my counseling sessions. Pastor, I just can't help how I feel. Pastor, I know it's wrong, but I can't help how I feel. And usually, this is a really big deceitful emotion. I can't help how I feel is an excuse to justify wrong behavior. Let's call it what it is. We use this excuse, I can't help how I feel, to justify bad behaviors. Like affairs. Well, pastor, I can't help how I feel. They just make me feel better than my spouse. They just make me feel so alive. They just make me feel so loved. They just make me feel so exp- just accepted. I can't help how I feel about them. Well, pastor, I know I shouldn't be bitter. Pastor, I I know I shouldn't live in anger. I, I know I shouldn't have said that. But I can't help how I feel. I just feel so angry. I can't help it. See, this is one of the worst excuses you can tell yourself Because when you're at a place you tell yourself, I can't help how I feel, that's where you need the help of the Holy Spirit who gives you the spirit of self-control. And maybe you can say, I can't help how I feel, but I have a God who can help me with how I feel. See, we all have emotions. My question is, do your emotions have you? We all have emotions, but do your emotions have you? Because if you don't get this thing right, and you live your life by how you feel, the devil is going to rule and ruin your life. If you can't get a hold of how you feel, you're going to run away from God. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to live in danger all the time. You're going to end up living with regrettable decisions because you're living dictated by how you feel. So let me ask you this question one last time. We all have emotions. But do your emotions have you? Let's take a little test. You guys like tests? All right. And I wrote it down because I really want to get this. Let's see if you're emotional. And if you're guilty of any of these, just really quick, raise your hand and put it down. And if the person next to you is guilty of this, just slap them real quick or nudge them and point. I'm serious. Let's do it. All right. You can't nudge me. I'm not up here, babe, so okay. All right. Do you often say yes to things you should say no to and find it hard to say no? Okay. That's emotional. You often buy things you know you don't need. It's emotional. But you convince yourself you need it. It's emotional. Do you at least date one time, at least go on one date with someone clearly you know what's wrong for you? Young people, where are you? Okay. That's emotional. Have you ever ended a relationship you know should not have ended, but it just felt right? That's emotional. Have you ever given up on something because of how you felt? That's emotional. Have you ever been sad and not know why when you should be happy? That's emotional. 
Have you lost sleep when you know you should be resting? That's emotional. Do you stress eat? That's emotional. All of us are emotional. (laughs) If you're making emotional decisions, you're going to say yes when you should say no, no when you should say yes, buy things you don't need, date people you know are wrong, end relationships you know you shouldn't end, give up on things you know you should never give up on, but keep going. You're going to be losing sleep when you should be resting, afraid when you should be peaceful. You're going to be sad when you should be happy. You're going to lash out on people when you shouldn't have. You're going to hurt a lot of feelings with your words. You're going to make wrong decisions, dumb decisions, painful decisions, sinful decisions that's going to cost you your health, your family, your money, your future, your reputation, and the plans that God has for your life. Do you want to keep living like that? There are serious consequences when you let your emotions rule you instead of God. that's why I want to talk about this man with leprosy. If there's any story in the Bible that confuses me when I read it, it's this one. Because this man we read about, he had leprosy. It was serious. When you had leprosy at that time, at that culture, you were considered unclean spiritually. So what they would do is they would put you outside the city gates. And you had to wait there until the leprosy went away. And if you had leprosy, you couldn't get near anyone. So oftentimes, someone with leprosy would lose their family. They would lose their jobs. It was painful physically. It was painful emotionally. It was painful spiritually. You were often isolated, laughed at, rejected. If you had leprosy, you had to tell everyone from a distance so they wouldn't get near you. So you can imagine that if someone was coming close to you, you would have to say, I have leprosy! And everyone would run from you. So this man's life was filled with desperation that he has this leprosy. But what I love about this story is that this man humbled himself and he ran to Jesus and he knelt before him and he said, if you're willing, see, he didn't make demands or have any expectations. He just went to Jesus, he knelt and said, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. I know you can heal me. I know you can make my life better. You can restore me. And Jesus said, I am willing. He reached out to him and he healed him. And I love the first part of this story because it tells us that if you would just humble yourself and kneel before Jesus and say, Lord, whatever you're willing to do in my life, here it is. God can do so much more for a surrendered person than someone with pride who thinks they don't need Jesus. That's not what I want to talk about. Because oftentimes when pastors preach on this guy, In fact, when I was doing my studies on this guy and research, I found nothing about the second half I want to preach to you about. And everyone says, wow, this story is so beautiful. He restores, he loves, he has compassions, he reaches out, Jesus, yes. And I go, that's not the whole story. Look at verse 43 and 45, and let me ruin this story for you. Jesus sent him on his way with a stern what? Warning. Everyone say that with me. Warning. Now, if Jesus warns you, how many of you are going to have your ears open and listen? Jesus sternly warned him. Do not. Don't tell anyone about this. And that word anyone in the Greek literally means nobody. No one. What about my cousin? No. Father? No. Neighbor? No. Okay, I got it, Jesus. Do not tell anyone about this. 
Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Now, let's pause right there for a second because in the Old Testament, when you had leprosy and you thought the leprosy went away, you couldn't just walk right back home and right back to your life and right back to the city. You had to present yourself to a priest. And that man of God would examine you and say, okay, yeah, you're definitely clean. You've been healed. You can go back. You're restored. So Jesus is telling this man, do it the way the Word of God says. Go to the priest. Let him examine you. Do it the way God says. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, do it the way God says. Go to the priest. Let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed with leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. There it is. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. Now let's put our thinking caps on, church. If Jesus tells you not to do something and you do it, what is that called? Disobedience. All right? If Jesus warns you not to do something and you do it anyway, what is that called? Say it loud. You know why you're so quiet? Because you know. You know. You are this leopard. He disobeyed. And it's great that Jesus touched him and healed him because in Scriptures, leprosy was a symbolism to sin. Now let's really apply this to you today, this morning. Can I do that? And I believe like this leopard... You've been touched by Jesus. Can we say amen? I've been touched by Jesus. I have been cleansed of my sin. I am born again. I am saved. Pastor, Jesus has restored my life. Jesus has touched me. Yes, Lord! He's touched me. Amen? But what did this man do right after? He did what he wanted based on how he felt. And he disobeyed God. That's why we are this leopard. Because there are so many Christians who said, I have bowed before Jesus. I have surrendered my life to Him. I have been healed and cleansed of my sin. I have been forgiven. But notice that even though this man was cleansed and healed and forgiven, right after that, he was still living under emotional control. Because Jesus instructed him clearly not to do something, but he did it anyway. And I wonder that even though we might be born again and saved and we trust in the Lord and surrender to Him and we're all saved, God has given us this Bible, these instructions, and yet you still do what you want to do. You still live how you want to live. You still go by how you feel and not what God says in His Word. And if you want to see your life miss the blessings of God, ignore the instructions of the Lord in His Word and do what you feel and how you want to live and let me know how that works out for you. Because like this man, we are often disobedient because of our emotions. And this man ignored the very instruction and warning of Jesus. And I wonder how many of you secretly know the right things you have to do in your life, but you're choosing not to because you don't feel like it. And how many of you are clearly ignoring the warnings of God in your life? Ignoring His instructions in life? 
Because your emotions control you rather than God. It got quiet here this morning. Because maybe, just maybe, you've been touched by Jesus, cleansed of your sin, but your emotions are still controlling you. This man did not just decide to disobey. Oftentimes, whenever you've disobeyed the Lord and done what you've done, knowing it was wrong, I guarantee you didn't just wake up that day and say, you know, I think today I'm just going to live in disobedience. It doesn't happen like that. See, disobedience has layers. Just like an apple. See, if I would cut this apple in half, and I'm going to say it this morning clearly, these are my apples. Do not grab them after church. My apples were stolen on last Wednesday for another illustration. These are mine. (laughs) But if you would cut an apple in half, you would see three layers inside. And that's how disobedience is. Disobedience has three layers. It starts with what you see. That's the stem. And the stem of all of it, of disobedience, is what you see. It's how you perceive it. You notice... Whenever you see sin staring right at you, all the devil has to do is change your perception of it. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, he's not that bad. Oh, they're not that bad. Oh, I think it's not that big of a deal. Disobedience starts with perception. How you see. And then when you go deeper, this is actually called the flesh of the apple. You go from what you see to how you think. And all of us think fleshly thoughts. We're sinners. But all of a sudden, your perception of it changes, and all of a sudden, you start thinking differently. Well, I don't think that's that much of a sin. Well, I think other people are worse than that. Well, I don't think that that applies to me anymore. I don't be, I don't believe that applies to our culture anymore. I, I don't think it's that wrong. I, I think I could get away with it. I, I don't, I think there's worse sins in this. I, I think I could just, it won't affect me. I think I like it. I think I'm going to try it. I think I'll do it just for a little bit. I don't think I'll get caught. And as you begin to think, you get down to the core. This is how you feel. It starts affecting how you feel. You see something, your perception of it changes. You start thinking about it. And all of a sudden, whatever you think, you start feeling Every emotion is linked to your thoughts. And the way you think ultimately is going to be the way you feel. And when you look at the core, inside the core of your emotion is the seed. And this is choice. And the Bible says you reap what you want. Sow. So whenever you see someone sow disobedience, and destroy their lives, and ruin their families, and ruin their marriages, and ruin their reputation, and live in destruction. And you're thinking, where did it start? How did this happen? You look at anyone whose life is ruined right now, and you put it all backwards, it started at the stem. It started with your perception. 
and it quickly went down to your thoughts and it went down to the core of your emotions and after you got down to your emotions, the seed was in your hand. You had a choice to make. This is what it means to be a Christian. The devil might get me to see things wrong. And if I'm seeing things wrong, I'm going to feel, I'm going to start thinking wrong thoughts. And if I start thinking wrong thoughts, I'm going to feel wrong emotions. And if I feel wrong emotions in my core, I'm going to be left with a choice. But being a Christian means it doesn't matter how I see it, how I think of it, how I feel about it, I'm going to choose what God tells me to do. I'm going to live according to His Word. I'm going to choose to obey. So no matter what you perceive, think, feel, it doesn't have to affect the way you act and choose. If you make wrong choices, it happened because you kept entertaining wrong perceptions, wrong thoughts, wrong emotions, and when it gets down to the core, the seed is planting and you act on what you feel. This is what happened to the leper. The leper, he, he saw he was healed. That's the stem. He saw he was healed. So he looked at himself and, and he was like, well, look at me. Look at how I am. Look, my skin is clear. Look, I've been healed. He saw and therefore, he started thinking, I gotta tell everyone. And why did he think he had to tell everyone? Because at the core, he felt so much joy and appreciation. And Jesus said, Don't tell a word to anyone. And he was left with a choice. I know what I see, I know how I think, I know what I feel. And Jesus tells me not to tell anyone I have a choice to make. Am I going to listen to Jesus? And he said, no, you know what? I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to go and tell everyone. And he demonstrates to us how sometimes we live. We choose our emotions over God. Every time you live in fear, you're choosing emotions over God. Every time you live in anger, you're choosing emotions over God. Whenever you live in jealousy and rage and bitterness, you are choosing emotions over God. But see, if you want to see God, you want to live God's best for your life, you can't make emotional decisions. You have to make your decisions based on what the Word of God says. And Jesus warned him. But what happens with our emotional decisions? Emotions are dangerous because emotions minimalize warning. Listen to this. Emotions minimalize warning. Jesus warned him. Can you imagine Jesus, God incarnate, God himself warns him and he chooses not to do it because his emotions were louder than the word of God. Because emotions minimalized warnings. And oftentimes, whenever you've made a wrong decision that have messed up your life, oftentimes the warning signs were there. But your emotions got the best of you. It's kind of like toothpaste. You ever use toothpaste? I hope you do. But I want you to take, when you go home, take a look at your toothpaste bottle. And, you know, the consumer, they're, they're, they're supposed to enjoy this. But what's interesting with every toothpaste bottle is way in the back in super, super impossible print to read. You know what, what it says? Warning. Do not swallow. Poison. If so, call poison control. That's pretty serious. But if see, if that warning was blasted in bigger print on that bottle, most people will not buy a bottle that says warning right on the label. So they have to minimalize it. 
That's what the devil does in your life. In order to make a wrong choice and disobedience, the devil has to minimize the warning of God. He's done it since the beginning of time. He did it first with a woman. I just want to put it out there. He did it first with Eve. God clearly warned them, do not eat of any of this fruit. This is forbidden fruit. There is the warning. And the devil came in slithering like a snake and he said, nah, God's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. He minimalized the warning. And when she saw the apple was pleasing, there was the core. She saw, she felt, she thought, she did. And the devil said, man, that was easy. All I had to do was tap into her emotions. I wonder if I can do that the rest of earthly existence to the people of God. And so many people minimize warning. Throughout the Bible, you see so many people whose lives were destroyed, and when you look at the warning signs, they were completely ignored. Because emotional decisions will get you not to see things for how they really are. You will ignore all warnings. Here's some examples. But in the Bible, you see a man named Samson who was strong. And we think that women are emotional. Men are just as emotional, sometimes worse. Amen. And Samson, he liked the bad girls. He want, you know, there were plenty of good Christian girls in Israel. Good godly girls. And he said, no, I want the bad ones. And his parents warned him not to do it. But Samson, the Bible says, persisted. And then he met Delilah. And Delilah, one day, Samson wakes up. He ignores all warning signs. And Samson wakes up, he has pigtails on, he's tied up, bound in rope, because Delilah had tied him up to kill him. Fellas, wouldn't you think she's a little crazy? Wouldn't you think, well, this is definitely a red flag. She has me tied up. She did my hair. Maybe mom and dad were right. Mama does no best. Ah, she's so hot though. And it cost him his life. Cain was another one. Cain was angry at his brother because God was favorable about his sacrifice, his offering in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that Abel was offering. There was a, a particular offering you had to give. And Cain saw that God was favoring Abel because Abel chose to do the right thing and obey God. See, when you choose to obey God, He favors your life. But Cain was angry at the favor of God. See, Cain was not angry at his brother. That's what everyone thinks and teaches. No, Cain was actually angry at God for favoring his brother, but he was only favoring his brother because his brother was doing the right thing. And God even told Cain, if you do what's right, won't you be accepted? Won't you have what Abel has if you do what's right? And God warned him, hey Cain, sin is at your door do not give in to it, but he did not listen and anger got the best of him. He killed his brother and it marked him for life. Because he demonstrated, like Samson, my emotions dictate over God. And even Solomon. Solomon loved women. Love is an emotion. And love is also a decision you make. And the Bible is clear that Solomon, he had close to a thousand wives. And God warned him, do not marry a non-believer. They're going to turn your heart away. 
And if you're single and looking for marriage, do not go for non-believers. No, but I can change them. God is the only one that can change them. And stop thinking you're the only one that can save them. That's the only Jesus can save them. And until then, learn this. Back off. And learn from Samson. And God warned him, they're going to turn your heart away. But Solomon persisted in his emotions. And with time, Solomon stopped serving God. And demonstrated to God, I know it was wrong. The warning signs were there. But my feelings control me, God, more than you can. Are you getting this this morning? The worst consequences your emotions could actually do to you is found in a man named Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel before David. And everyone pictures Saul to be an enemy and a bad person, but God chose him for a reason. And God had a life planned for him. God had so much more for him. But in the end of his life, you see that God stripped away the kingdom from him. Because he made an emotional decision and chose to disobey God. Let me read this to you, and we'll close with this, because you need to understand where emotional decisions can lead you. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 13, just verse 11 through 13. Samuel was going off, Saul was going off to war. But before you went out to war, you were supposed to give sacrifices to God. And the only one that can give sacrifices to God was the priest. So God told Saul, you have to wait for Samuel. You cannot take the offering. You cannot make the offering. It is wrong. Just wait for Samuel. But Samuel was late. Samuel did not show up on time. So God, so Saul took it upon himself. You know what? I know what the word of God says. I know what God told me to do, but I'm just going to give the sacrifice and go to war. I don't care anymore because Samuel is late because he was justifying his wrong choices. And in 1 Samuel 13, verse 11, Samuel actually showed up and noticed he asked this powerful question. What is it you have done? Now, I want you to focus on that question. What is it you have done? I want you to think about the worst thing you've ever done right now. And let me tell you why you did it. Because this is why Saul did it. Samuel asked him, what is it you've done? And Saul replied, notice the core of the apple. I what? I saw my men scattering from me. And I saw that you did not arrive when you said you would. And I, and I saw that the Philistines were getting ready for battle. The first thing Saul says was to stem my perception. I saw. So, so I said, so now the term I said means He's thinking to himself. Notice, I saw and I thought, so I said, I'm thinking to myself. The Philistines are ready to march against us. See how the devil works? The Philistines are going to get you, Saul. What are you going to do? I saw, I thought, the Philistines were ready to march against us at Gilgad. And I haven't even asked the Lord for help. So I what? Felt. You notice the, the apple. I, I saw, I thought, I felt. So I did. I saw, I thought, I felt, I, I felt, I felt. Felt it was the right thing to do. I felt desperate. I felt afraid. 
I felt discouraged. I felt worried. I felt, I felt, I felt. And it doesn't matter what you feel. You have to do what is right. And notice Saul said he was excusing it. I saw, I thought, I felt, so I did. I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before he came. Notice the words of Samuel. How foolish. Because in life, you either make wise decisions or foolish ones. There's no in-between. And if you have made foolish decisions in your life, it's because at the stem, you perceived it a certain way. And then you thought it a certain way. And then you felt it a certain way. And once at the core you felt something, you did it. Because I do what I feel. And Samuel said, How foolish. You have not kept the commands of the Lord. He clearly told Saul, You had a choice. To do it God's way. Or go by how I feel. You say, well, Pastor, what's the worst consequence of emotional decisions? Here it is. You ready? God gave you. Notice, you did not keep the commands of the Lord He gave you. Had you kept it? Here it is. The Lord would have. Come on, say that with me. The Lord would have. Establish your kingdom. The Lord would have. It meant, Saul, because of your emotional choice, you have missed the plans of God for your life. And it's going to go to some other person. And I want to tell you this morning, the saddest words you will ever hear from God I would have done this for you. And I'm wondering if you're missing out on God's best for your life because you are so driven by your emotions instead of the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but when I read that passage with conviction, it said, Lord, I don't want to miss out on you. So start doing it God's way and abandon all emotional decisions. Do not make a decision until you fall before God on your knees and pray. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, where were you before I did the foolish thing? Where were you before I made that decision? And that leopard, he made a bad choice. The the Bible says in verse 45, it says, the man went and spread the word, proclaiming it to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus. And he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. You see the consequences of our choices. If Jesus was able to go into town, more and more people would have been able to hear the word of God and been healed. More and more people would have experienced the power of God, but because of one man's selfish decision to be led by his emotions, Jesus had to go out into the wilderness. He had to go out into secluded places and not even do as much as he could have had this man not disobeyed. And here's the word for you this morning. God can do so much more in the life of a person that is willing to obey above what they feel. But that's hard. But as Christians, you are called to not be overcome by your emotions, but you overcome your emotions with the Word of God. And just yesterday, this was applied to my own personal life because yesterday I I got a a hook straight through my finger with the barb inside it was was stuck there was no way of getting it out so I 
I grabbed pliers and I put a towel in my mouth and it hurt. And at that moment, my body was telling me, don't do it. It's going to feel terrible. It's going to feel so much worse if you do it. It's going to feel so much more painful if you do it. But at that moment, I had to overcome my emotions of pain and I had to get it out because I knew if I did not, an infection would have taken place and done a lot more damage. So I sucked it up and I bit hard and I overpowered my feelings and I yanked the hook right out of my finger and it hurt, but I knew I did the right thing. That's what it's like to serve God. You know you cannot live by what you feel and even though it's painful to serve God, even though it's painful to obey sometimes, even though it's difficult to do it His way, you need to suck it up because it will bless you and keep you from harm. Only weak people, only weak people are controlled by what they feel. But you are strong in the Lord. So whatever the devil tells you to feel, know that you serve a God that says, I would have blessed you. I would have given you more peace. You would have slept more. You would have not feared more. You would have. You would have. But you didn't because you chose feelings over me. And today is the day that stops, church. Let's all stand to our feet today. Come on, rush to this altar today and pray with me. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm overcome by emotions. Come on, church, come up here. I'm not the only one. If you're overcome by emotions, you're saying, Pastor, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, I'm guilty, I've made wrong choices, I'm disobedient, I'm rebellious, I'm feeling all types of feelings, and my life is all messed up. Today is the day you have a choice to make. Are you going to leave this church saying, I'm going to do what I feel? Or will you make a decision to say, Lord, like the leper, you've healed me, you've touched me, you've saved me, but I'm choosing to live in disobedience. I'm choosing to live emotional, and I know it is wrong, and it is keeping me from a life you've wanted to give me. So here's your choice. Be weak and controlled by your feelings. Or suck it up. Life is hard. Life is painful. But if you would just bite down at that towel and say, I know it's going to feel wrong. I know it's going to feel bad. I know it's going to feel difficult. But I'm going to go through this temporary pain for everlasting joy and blessing from God. And I'm going to do what is right in spite of how I feel. God is not here to give you good feelings. He's here to bless you. He's here to protect you. He's here to use you. And the devil wants you emotional. He wants you making wrong choices with wrong people. But today is the day you say, no more, devil. I'm going to do it God's way. If this is you today, would you pray that with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm emotional. Tell the Lord right now, the emotions overwhelming you right now. You tell him, God's not surprised. Tell him, I'm scared, God. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm afraid. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm sinful. Lord, if you can reach your hand and touch a dirty leopard, you can reach your hand and touch me. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to make every decision according to your will. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it right all the time. I am the leopard. I'm going to do it wrong sometimes, Lord. But forgive me like the leopard. Forgive me for being selfish. Forgive me for not thinking of you, Lord, and others. But only thinking about what I feel. Help me with my weakness. And give me the strength to do what is right. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. We may see, we may think, we may be 
feeling certain ways, but let us always decide the way you do. Let us not only make good decisions, but God decisions. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name and no other name, I bind the lies of the devil right now whispering to you, this message is not for you. The lie of the devil telling you, go home and feel depressed again. Feel like God has abandoned you. Feel like life is over. Feel like there's no way out. Feel it. Because in Jesus' name, your heart is a liar. And if you want to know the truth, the truth is in the Word of God who is able to do far more than you think or imagine according to His Word, the Bible says. The Word of God must take precedence over your feelings. Jesus, give us a church that's not so emotional, but give us a church that is strong, that is willing to endure and do the Word of God. In Jesus' name, I will do what you say. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Come on. Amen.